everyone. This is episode 551 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, November 16th, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'm going to talk about some Party Hard 2, some Call of Cthulhu, and maybe some other news, all for you, the the wonderful listener who looks oh so cute with your baby blues. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. Oh, so now that I got that crap out of the way. So before I hit, hit upon the games I've been playing, I want to talk about some news I forgot to mention an episode or two ago. Uh, specifically the XO18 event, the Fan Fest, what have you, that Microsoft held down in Mexico City. And they had a very, very long episode of Inside Xbox where they announced a bunch of Game Pass games and a few studio acquisitions, which are probably the biggest announcements. And they showed more of Crackdown 3, gave it a, a official release date of the 15th, I believe, and had a really fun little silly trailer for it with Terry Crews. And some gameplay that looked okay. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't look visually all that stunning. But if it's fun to play, that's not going to matter. And if the destruction feels great, it'll be fun. But the destruction is only multiplayer, I believe. I don't think they've ever said that it's in single player. So uh, it'll be interesting how those differ. Um... They showed some indie games and what have you and things that are coming to Xbox console first, so console exclusives for a period of time and what have you. But the real big news for me was the an acquisition of both NXL Entertainment, which was a surprise. Nobody I don't I don't think anyone was expecting that, but then Obsidian Entertainment, which was very much so expected for weeks now and became official so we have two now rpg focus studios uh joining microsoft which is cool i'm I'm interested to see where they go uh i'd be i would expect nxl to continue down their path but i could see since um obsidian has done other types of games in the past that usually have rpg elements in them but are different like the fallout new vegas i don't know like i said the but uh or alpha protocol which i'd love to see that revisited but um yeah it's good that they got some more studios under their wing increasing their first party lineup even more and I wouldn't be surprised if they add a few more, specifically smaller indie studios. I was mentioning this with some uh, people, but I, I think it would be smart for them to pick up both the Cuphead and Ori teams because those are both games that are exclusive to Xbox and you know uh, Windows, of course. But they don't own either studio, so... It would be smart, I think, to pick up both of them because both of those games are very, very loved and they both have incredible art and it would just make sense. You got your you got your big studios, 
get some get some little ones and give them unlimited resources to make even more beautiful even more better games but um overall i thought the event was solid it was more than i was expecting because i wasn't expecting much so getting those announcements was nice but i thought watching it it felt very long because i think it was about two hours and it just was exhausting hearing the crowd scream all the time it was just like i don't understand that I, I just don't understand how people can act that way i'm a much more subdued internal person so everyone who shows emotion externally i'm like you're weird and so many it's just so many external emotions going on that i just if i was there i would have shot myself in the face but i wasn't there and that's an exaggeration i wouldn't have done that but other than that news wise I don't know of anything that really s has stuck out that I can remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing that stuck out. Big news. Sony's not going to be attending E3 in any form. I didn't really read up on the whole thing. So I don't know if they said they're not going to be doing anything. But I could imagine them doing their own kind of little direct thing. There are also plenty of people who think this means they'll be announcing the PS5, the PlayStation 5. And they'll be having their own special event that isn't going to be part of you know why have it be part of e3 it should be its own special thing that's outside of e3 and, and people aren't thinking about other things that are going on it should just be focused on the playstation 5 so that makes sense and i think e3 is been losing its place for a while now and it just isn't the grand spectacle it used to be um and i think like adding the the public days have been a way of them trying to stay relevant and it, it doesn't really seem to be doing all that much because it's still not a fan event like a PAX but they're trying to kind of make it into a partial one to I don't know I don't know but that was big news so it'll be interesting to see what exactly they'll be doing around that time and when we'll be hearing about the PlayStation 5 because that is surely going to be happening um but yeah that's pretty much it uh I, I i have seen a very not so surprising lack of enthusiasm for fallout 76 from both critics and the general public which it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out with that game and how the the audience either shrinks drastically sooner than later or maybe there's i don't know i don't feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm from streamers the metacritic from users is very low though that's no way to judge anything but from all my friends who have the game and are playing it and the critics who have been talking about it no one seems all that positive about it the most positive anyone seems is to be indifferently optimistic we're like you know it's 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 okay you know, I, I maybe it'll get better. I don't. I don't know. That's that's their that's their opinion. They have no words. There are no words for Fallout 76. But I'm still somewhat interested in it just because my dad has shown a little bit of interest, and any game we can play together, 
I'm much more apt to want to give a shot, but I don't think he would really like it when he gets his hands on it. And I don't think giving him Fallout 4 to try would... I don't know how different the, the real-time VAT system and, and the shooting and all that jazz feels like in 76 over 4. But um, on to what I've been playing. So I've been playing some Party Hard 2, which is the sequel to Hardly Partying. No, Party Hard big surprise um and it's currently only available on pc I, I would not be surprised if it hits consoles at some point like party hard one and it is a isometric pixelated art style game where you go around killing people in a very small environment the first game it was a single screen environment uh, and this one they can get bigger so you'll be scrolling around them and the first thing that stands out is the art which is very 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 pretty the first game was much flatter it looked fine but there's no depth to it there is not much going on in terms of lighting or shadow or anything like that and the colors themselves were just like, like the, the the palette they used was mi minimum uh, but they've really made the the sequel look uh, sometimes stunning in terms of all the stuff that's going on with the lighting and and whatnot so that was the first thing that immediately popped out to me i was very pleasantly surprised by how pretty it all looked and then i started playing it and it has full controller support so you can play with a 360 pad or xbox one controller surely doodle sock for whatever um, whatever your preference is and it plays a lot like the first game with some differences. So the way it's set up is sort of like Hitman where you're trying to take out people without being seen. And in the first game, I think the objective was always to kill everyone on the map. And in Party Hard 2, you can do that. Like there are two sets of objectives that you can do to complete the level. One of them involves doing a few things and killing everyone. And then other ones have more specific things like kill the, all these bikers and the, the goons on a map or kill these drug dealers and whatnot. And you can do this by just going up to them and attacking them with a knife. But you better not be within eye shot of other people. And you can hide the body, but if you don't, it doesn't matter. People will freak out for a little bit. Cops will come. There, there might be... Um, some medics coming and putting them in a body bag and just leaving them there on the ground. But if you leave bodies to be seen, it's not like it's going to drastically change the way things play out. It's just going to make everything a little bit hectic for a, a period of time. Um, but if you are seen, then somebody will call the cops on you. And you could kill them before they do this, but... Then somebody else could see you doing that, and then you just have this chain of people you're killing and trying to stop them from calling the cops on you, and eventually you, too many people will see you, and you won't be able to take them all out. And in the first game, the only way to call the cops was via landlines, I believe. Now people have cell phones, so it's much quicker for them to call the cops. And when the cops come, you're going to get arrested. The only way to avoid being arrested is to set off a trap, which then takes out a cop. Uh, and then everything gets sort of just reset. 
There might be some items you can find in levels like change of clothing, which existed in the first game, but I haven't come across it. I've played a few hours of Party Hard 2. And uh, going back to the trap, so in addition to killing enemies, uh, the, the people with your knife, you can set off traps. And it's as simple as just going up to an object, and if it has a bomb icon next to it, and you press the Y button in this case with the controller, you'll set off the trap, and then after a period of time, it'll go off. The first game showed a little timer. This game does not, as far as I can tell. Maybe I'm missing it somewhere on the screen, because um, it doesn't really explain where where everything or what everything on the screen is when you start up the game. So I had to figure out, oh, those lungs next to my character on the bottom screen, that's where my uh, sprint uh, capacity is, because I was not sure where it was at first. It, it wasn't super apparent. And then there's a icon, I think, in there that shows you whether, whether or not you are uh, being seen or not, whether you're... Uh, hidden but that's pretty much all you can do you can set off traps you can attack with your knife you'll be able to collect items like a boombox that will draw people near to it so you can use that to draw people next to a trap you can create Molotov cocktails you can find grenades various ones like stun grenades or frag grenades you can find throwing knives to take out people from a distance uh, you can find condoms which I've still not found a use for um but it, it's pretty simple and while i i like the first game and i like this one to an extent i'm in that place that is always annoying where i'm not loving it i'm not hating it i'm just sort of i'm going along for the ride and the ride is very steady but not all that exciting. And I was thinking about this yesterday while I was playing it, trying to think of why exactly I'm not loving it as much as I would like to. And I think it's because the systems in the game are so bare bones. You don't have a lot of options. And I wish it was set up more like Hitman. I wish this was just a Hitman game in this aesthetic from this vantage point because I think that would be really cool and much more fun because you have so many different options you can do in there. And for instance, I would love it if you could take someone's outfit or find more outfits and and maybe like you know there, there's a DJ in these levels. You know, take out the DJ when they maybe go for a bathroom break and then go there and then do something. And I don't know what you would do as the DJ. Um, but, you know, a bartender or what have you, just being able to take someone's identity. In, in one of these levels, the bikers are very hostile towards you. So it would be nice if I could steal one of the outfits and infiltrate their little bar, their little club, and then go in there and set off traps. Because if you go in there, then they're just going to be aggro. They're going to go aggro right away. And that's not super fun. Um, and, you know, that would also help with being seen and the cops coming because once you're seen, that's it. On this other, on the same level with the bikers, there are these goons, who they'll see you, and they'll come after you. They'll also call the cops, but you have to take them out from behind because if you take them on head on hand, you'll just both you'll kill each other. And that was really frustrating. Um, yeah, it's it's a game and an idea I like, but I think there are ways it could have been made better and uh it just doesn't feel like a huge jump over the first game 
other than the visuals, which are substantially better. When I went back to play the first one, I'm like, I want to see how these games have, have changed. And visually, it's just, it's night and day. Not to say Party Hard 1 looks bad, it just is very plain. And now, this one's got all the makeup. Not all the makeup, it's not like uh, the, the receptionist on Drew Carey. But it's got just the right amount of makeup. Not that I, I dislike. I mean, I, I actually pretty much prefer no makeup. But you know what I'm saying, okay? So shut up. Um, I, I don't. I didn't mean that. Don't shut up. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're shutting up or not because I'm not going to hear anything you're saying. But you, you know what I'm saying. I like you because you're listening to this show. And anyone who listens to this show is a special kind of person. But Party Hard 2 is available on PC right now. Surely it'll come to consoles at some point. I would expect you know, it makes sense. And hopefully maybe they'll update it or whatnot and give it some more things. Because as it stands, it just leaves me wanting more. And I I want it to give me more because I want to like it more than I do. I'm enjoying it well enough, but it can be really frustrating having to replay these levels. They also feel much more tedious than the first game and longer to just deal with. And I just look at them and I think, I should, uh, having replayed this a few times, get an idea of like, oh, this is this is a good way to do it. And also, like, there are things like the, a Terminator will come up in a level. And it seems like the Terminator ends up in almost every level, just ends up appearing at some point, which is weird. I don't know. And then it finds a, a civilian it likes or whatever, and you kill the civilian in front of him. It's like, I'm going to get you now. But I think the Terminator, I could actually stab one-on-one -on -one match, and it would not kill me, which I don't... Like, the goons just piss me off in that level because they'd call the cops on me right away, and then they'd attack me, and it didn't matter. Like, they would call the cops right away and then come after me, and I could kill them, but it doesn't matter because they're going to kill me too. And even if I didn't, the cops would be on their way too. So just pick one thing. Either come after me or call the cops. I don't like, I understand that people have cell phones. I don't care. It's It, it makes it a little bit more frustrating. Because I like the chase of chasing someone down who's going for a landline. You know where all the landlines, because you learn where all the landlines are in a level. And then you're like, okay, they're going to this one. Maybe there's a shortcut. Uh, or just have it chasing them with your stamina and hoping you get to them before they get there. Um, I dig that. But, um, yeah, that's pretty hard too. And then... There's Call of Cthulhu, which is a first-person adventure game, I guess. Investigator, investigatory game. I do not know how to pronounce that word. Um, but in it, you you play a private detective who gets a case about this family who burned up in this house this big manor it's a very big house and you go to this town and i've played it for maybe like two three hours and the majority of it has been going around in rooms finding clues talking to people and learning about this village these people uh, some of these mystery things and doing a little bit of reconstruction of crime scenes. Uh, but it's all pretty straightforward. And so far, I'm liking it. Uh, it, it. It's what 
I wanted from Vampire, but I'm I'm, I'm still not sure where it's going. I feel like there's going to be a point where it's going to turn into a at least have segments that are okay. There's a monster here. You got to be stealthy and avoid it and whatnot. But so far, what I've played, I'm playing on Xbox One. I've enjoyed. I, I think the voice acting for the the main character who you play is pretty good and that's important since he does talk a lot there's a lot of internal monologuing going on and the voice acting for npcs and whatnot is solid you know some of it's better than others the 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 visuals are good for the environment they're, they're nothing nothing standout or anything but the the character models at least the men are all sculpted from the same block of wood. Every guy looks pretty similar with maybe different facial hair and maybe a different uh, skin color and stuff like that. The, 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 the guys don't look all that different, which is a little disappointing, but at the same time, you're not interacting with people that much, it seems. But, um... I'm digging the game so far because I think the story ha has been interesting. It's been engaging for me so far. And I am just intrigued by it all. And I'm someone who's not a huge Lovecraftian fan or anything or Cthulhu fan. I've actually never read a single Lovecraft story. And I know very little about him other than, okay, yeah, he made the tentacle monster whatever that's the cthulhu thing right and i'm sure he's made plenty of other monsters i don't know whatever is there a lot of uh lovecraftian cthulhu-ness in hellboy because then maybe i know more about him through that but I, i've just never been a big horror slash supernatural person uh at least i don't go out and search it search it out i enjoy it when i see it well enough but it's not something like oh there's a new this coming out. I gotta check it out. I was like, oh, oh, this is supposed to be good. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give it a go. But um, Call of Cthulhu, so far I've enjoyed, but it's been pretty straightforward. And also, the investigations and stuff like that are all very. You, you, it's not really like a puzzle. There there was only one puzzle that I can think of in the game where you have to figure out how to open a door. I, you might have been able to brute force your way to open the door, but there's a way to open it using a, a map and then a globe to unlock the door. But outside of that, I don't think there has been a, a single other puzzle because when you have these little like scenes that you reconstruct in your little supervision mode thing, you're just going around searching for clues and you can't leave that until you find them all. And the, the clues are pretty easy to find because they're just like, okay, this has a little dot on it that you can interact with it. Um, so it's pretty straightforward and easy and simple so far. But why I'm enjoying it and still playing it is because I am interested in the story and seeing how everything plays out. And depending on whether or not there is that stealthy uh, element to it and how much of it there is, if there is in fact any of that, that'll be really the the, the telling point of whether or not I stick with it because I I'm not a huge fan of that type of gameplay but I am liking it so much more, more than I was expecting um 
so yeah that's been a pleasant surprise so far and uh, yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing i still playing red dead here and there I'm t i took a break from it because i'm just focusing on challenges right now doing the gambler ones which are annoying the shit out of me because i hit i just finished gambler level seven which was win three hands of blackjack when taking at least three hits or or more and if you know anything about blackjack just having the opportunity to take three hits and, and not bust is is rare and winning three times with that has been very frustrating it took me multiple hours to do it and i was not a happy camper especially when i had two in the bag and i just needed one more and i got some cards some good shitty cards and i hit three times and i got to 20 and the dealer was showing face up a four and underneath they had an eight and then what did they draw they drew a nine and got 21 son of a bitch that was one of the most frustrating annoying i if i could have i would have thrown my controller at my tv kicked my xbox in its figurative nuts and then thrown it out the window and then poked my eyes out with i don't know what's another xbox thing i don't know something i would have poked my eyes out with something that's how creative i am i thought of something but um Outside of that, I haven't really done much else in Red Dead, so that's all the Red Dead talk. And that's pretty much it for this here episode. I did finish Dragon Ball Z. Happy that it's over. I said I was going to wait to start Super. I lied. I'm already four episodes in or five episodes in, which is okay at this point. I mean, it's, it's hard to go off of it after five episodes, but um, I guess Super is taking place immediately after the boo fight ended and not the bit of filler afterwards where there was uh whatever gohan and what's her name had married and already had a kid so pan does not exist i guess she'll exist later on in super but i enjoyed dragon ball z enough the problem with it is just the the pacing and i understand that when it was originally coming out this was because of the 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 manga not being finished, you know that there's it's like with Game of Thrones, but I you know with Game of Thrones at least George R. R. Martin or whatever uh, told them how things will play out. I think so they have an idea of where to go. Whereas with this, they just need to elongate fights or put in filler to then let the the manga not catch up, but give them the rest of the story and whatnot. But it just means, and I, I think part of it is probably exists. Maybe it doesn't exist in the the manga, but just having these enemies with regenerative capabilities is so fucking lazy and stupid, and I hate it because it just makes fights draw out uh, so much longer than they they have any need to be. It is so frustrating to watch a fight happen for twenty, thirty episodes and have it be that long because the enemy just keeps being able to bring itself back together it gets blown into a million pieces but it's okay it can 
come back together or it can come back in a bunch of little pieces and then it'll eventually turn back into one after it's done being a bunch of little versions of itself. Like it's just fucking stupid. But yeah, I'm on the super and then if I feel like watching more, I guess I can watch GT after that since that is just non-canon nonsense, but maybe some good nonsense. Yep. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. So that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Ruzanez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage on PSN. I am the Kush 3 and always will be, probably. Oh, yeah. Speaking of PSN, I purchased a cheap little game on PSN. I think it was Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver, or whatever, because uh, um, I didn't already have it. PS One Classic for buck nineteen or whatnot. And when I checked out, that was the final price. I was not charged tax at all for the purchase of the game. I don't know if this is because I only purchased games on there with a balance, so I had uh, a leftover balance. So I don't. I don't know if. I'd be taxed if I didn't have that in there, and I and if I was taxed, I don't know if I would be taxed, the amusement tax or not. But if you're in the Chicago area and you don't want to pay taxes at all for your purchases, you can just you know get a PSN card and uh, put that into your account and then buy games tax free, which is nice. And then I picked up some other PS1 classics that I didn't already own that I thought I did, and now I'm just like. Looking at the sale, like, is there anything else I might want? Maybe Runner 3, I don't know. I got 40 bucks from my Sony Rewards account. So I'm ready to maybe buy a few more games. Uh, but yeah, that will really do it. So the site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, Attack the Backlog, and no other show. I forgot to say and before Attack the Backlog. But you can find all those podcasts on all the uh, podcasting services across the globe. Jesus Christ. Like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to watch the video versions of this here show or attack the backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage, which as always, I highly recommend watching the video version of attack the backlog. And if you'd like to check out some crazy, kooky, colorful art, you can go over to pxsart.com and check out my art over there. And, yeah, if you see something you like, click the link. It'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy supporting the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away. And that will do it for this here episode. And now I will say... <laughs>